It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast for 2023, available every morning on iHeartRadio and Spotify and Apple, and of course, wherever you get your podcast from. Yay, the weekend uh, has arrived, our Saturday morning, the 11th day of February. And if you're out looking for property up and down the country and especially looking for something that is big enough for the whole family. That can be quite difficult. Well, I think I've found the house that you need if you're looking for a bit of room. It's the largest house in the world, and it's located in North Carolina in the US. It was built by George Washington Vanderbilt II and covers an area approximately 180,000 square feet. The estate includes a main house, various outbuildings, a massive garden, making it one of the largest and most impressive private residences in the world. And the main house has a total of 250 rooms, including 35 bedrooms and 43 bathrooms. You can see what I mean. We've found the house that's big enough for your family. And probably what you want to know is how many cleaners would be required. Well, apparently they're on a revolving roster of 45. So there you go. That answers that question. It's your Saturday morning real estate breakfast. And coming up in a moment, we are talking to Anthony Landau, who is back from Equilibria Finance. And we're looking at investing this morning and some key behavioural differences between an investor and a home buyer. And right now, let's go to the Gold Coast. It's time for another 30-second property tip. And Alex, what have you got for us this morning? Good morning, Craig. Buyer's tip today. If you want to be a buyer in a buyer's market, make yourself the strongest buyer possible. And if that means taking a a little bit of a haircut on your selling price, do it so that you can position yourself to be the strongest buyer in the market. It's your weekend real estate breakfast, a serial-sized podcast about what's happening in your local backyard every Saturday morning on The Real Estate Podcast. And if you're celebrating your birthday today for the 11th of February, happy birthday. You are blowing out the candles with Jennifer Aniston. She is turning 53 today. And Jeb Bush, the ex-politician, is turning 69. And it was on this day back in 1990. I still remember the images of Nelson Mandela being freed after 27 years as a political prisoner. The anti-apartheid campaigner's release, of course, was a high point in South Africa's transition from apartheid to democracy. It's the main centre forecast. And let's check on your weather on this Saturday morning. First in Sydney, expecting a fine and sunny Saturday with 31 degrees as your forecast top. In Melbourne, expect glorious sunshine and your high of 30. Brisbane, blue skies with 33 degrees. Yeah, you kind of get the flavour that it's sunshine everywhere, including Perth. It's going to be a sunny, warm day with 31 degrees. We feature market updates, interviews and trends. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. Well, one of the talking points when we clicked into 2023 was around investing. And is 2023 the year to carry on with property investing? Or is it a year that we'll see some investors pause 
Rivers, take stock over the last couple of years and just sit on the fence? Or will investors say, no, 2023 will represent opportunities and I'm going to re-engage buying with my portfolio and make the most of 2023? I think it's going to be a very productive year for investors. A lot of commentary, of course, about the falling market with rising rental yields uh, on the other end of that and the opportunities that exist. So how do you become, and this is the question, how do you become a successful property investor in 2023? Well, we've got Anthony Landau. He's here from Equilibria Finance. We're talking mortgages, of course, and we're segueing into looking at the investor angle. And a very good morning to you, Anthony. Welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. G'day, Craig. Great to be here, mate. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting discussion because I think there's all this whether I should sit on the fence or whether I should get investing. So what are the key behaviour differences between an investor and home buyer? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there's a lot of people who say, I'd love to invest in property or I want to build my portfolio. And there are some key differences between purchasing a home and and purchasing an investment property. And we'll go through some of that today. But from a behavioural perspective, I guess the main differences are that as an owner-occupier, you are purchasing a place to, to live in. There's going to be more emotion about the decision. You might be willing to overpay a little bit to get the right property. There's going to be considerations around a family growing up in that property. Do you need a home office? Are you going to be comfortable? Is it close to the school? Whereas the mindset of an investor very much has to be, what's my strategy and what's going to deliver a return on my investment, both in terms of a yield or an ongoing income return, as well as capital growth. So they're very distinct and different sets of behaviours and mindsets. So if you're considering getting into the investment property market, it's really important to understand the characteristics of building a good investment portfolio. Yes. And do you think people struggle with that? Because on the one hand, what you're talking about is the whole emotion when you buy something for yourself, as opposed to divorcing that emotion and just purely focusing on the numbers. Do you find some people struggle with that in the in the beginning of starting their portfolio? Yeah, that, that's a that's a critical word in the beginning. We find a lot of first-time investors might have a comment like, oh, I want to live near the investment property so I can keep an eye on it, or I wouldn't live in that. And often I'll say back to them, well, you don't have to live in it. It's <laughs> often the first-time investor who takes a little bit to divorce themselves from the emotion of it and realise, hold on, this is a wealth accumulation strategy. This is purely around investing my hard-earned money in the future, in creating a return on that investment. So it's a different set of behaviours. It's a different cash flow analysis. And with that comes a different mindset. We tend to find return investors are a lot more pragmatic, a lot more, I want to find the best region, whether it's in Sydney, Melbourne, Queensland, Perth, Adelaide, with the right fundamentals for the right investment. And that's part of a longer term strategy. So it's often those first time investors where we're talking, we're coaching about helping with them divorce themselves from the emotion and view it as a pure investment, like they would if they were going into the share market or another sort of investment strategy. 
Mm, yeah, the the mindset. It's all about the mindset, especially if somebody has been buying property for themselves, maybe over the last ten to fifteen years, and then they suddenly turn the key and say, "Right, it's time now to build this property portfolio." So, Anthony, let's just zero in on that. What are the key principles to purchasing that investment property? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it, it can be fairly pragmatic in how, how an investor might approach it. There's some core fundamentals to look at when you're researching an investment property. Some of the considerations will be in, in relation to a population. Is the population growing? Is it an area, for example, that might be getting some infrastructure growth? So there's going to be demand for rentals in that sort of area. What's the supply and demand like? Is there an over um, supply of properties already in the area, which might bring your rental properties down? Or is it a growing sort of area? Understand your price point. How much can you afford and how much are you willing to pay for an investment? When you're actually looking and starting to narrow down on on the regions based on the infrastructure, based on researching rental yields, based on looking at supply and demand, then start actually narrowing in on a particular area and take a look at things like how many days are properties on the market. That'll give you an indication of, of supply and demand in the market and maybe whether things are overpriced, underpriced. Have a consideration about scarcity, about tenant appeal. Is it going to be easy to attract tenants into the area? Have a look at average rental yields over time. And lastly, cash flow is key building your investment portfolio. Understand your costs of operating an investment property. You're getting your rental income. What are the costs associated with your agency fees? The broken bathroom that needs to be fixed on the way through. So some of those operating costs need to be put into your cash flow modelling as well. So it's a different set of criteria you're going to be looking at for your investment property. Yeah, and it's all about the numbers because you get some people that just love numbers. They love doing the due diligence like on steroids. Like even with somebody buying a personal property for themselves, some just lack doing that due diligence. And you must see this a lot because you help people. So just talk to that. How do you help build an investment property strategy with people that come through your door? It's, that is a really good question. And, and one of the most core fundamentals to an investment property and building a portfolio is your cash flow. Cash flow is absolute king on your investment portfolio, tied in with your strategy around whether you're looking at capital growth or income. And some people have a negative gearing strategy, some people have a positive gearing strategy. But either way, cash flow is critical. What I mean by cash flow is in the initial instance, understand the rental yields in that area. What's the income that's going to be generated by that investment property? Then what are the expenses associated with that? What's the cost of funding, which is going to be your interest expense? What's the cost of operating the property? For example, your insurances, your agency fees, maintenance, you might have strata fees. Then ultimately, uh, what's the tax effectiveness of that for your personal situation? So understand your cash flow. Another consideration that's often overlooked is to understand the depreciation impact of managing an investment property and the negative gearing impact potentially that can assist you. So once you understand your cash flow for an individual property, you can then work through and look at then building a portfolio as you leverage the equity that gets created with the capital growth and potentially 
isolate your home and leverage your existing investment portfolio to purchase another investment property. And again, do your analysis around the cash flow, your income, your expenses, and the tax benefit you're going to get from it. Well, there's a lot there to unpack. And of course, I know that you're busy with clients every day there at Equilibria Finance. Anthony, good to chat. Uh, Enjoy your day and we'll catch you back uh, shortly. No worries, Craig. Great to be here, mate. Thank you. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 